when you say to someone, every school in our area has a first priority club. Every church in our community is involved in helping and support. And let me tell you what's happened as a result of that, the changed lives that have taken place. It, it, that's the outcome of doing good. And we know the eternal rewards of that. So working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico, so glad you're here. This is my frenemy, Brad Schelling. It's good that we're uh, at least sitting in the same room. That's all I have to say. Brad, you're excellent at the podcast. You shouldn't go anywhere, despite what you said last week. <laughs> that wasn't me who gave me a three-star review. You gave me a three-star review. Listen, the, you know, that's just coaching. We just got to look for our weaknesses and our strengths and focus on our strengths. Pride comes before a fall, but I just, <laughs> I fell. I was like blindsided fell. It wasn't a <laughs> me climbing up. Like, man, wow. But the prideful one is me. Merry so the Christmas to you. That's right. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> exactly. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. And if you didn't check it out and listen to Shane, you need to. But this week we are here to mm -hmm. continue the series from the National Conference. Yep. And it's a good one. It is. We're talking about the State of the Union from mm -hmm. Mark Robbins and Warren Robel. Our president and vice president of development. Excellent. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. I mean, if you want to hear from the horse's mouth, as they say, not calling Mark or Warren anything. Wow. But if you want to hear directly from the source, how about that's a better That's a great way to do it. Yeah, that's much better. We'll go yeah, that. Yeah. If you want to hear directly from the source what they're thinking, uh, the direction that we're heading, and the state of First Priority of America, uh, this is the episode for you to watch. Uh, it's gonna you're gonna hear Warren talking about uh, casting the vision. You're gonna talk hear Mark also talking about that and just uh, a really true assessment of where we are and what we're doing. And so it is. Uh, I forget exactly how long this is, but they did a Q and A session after they did this, which we did not cut off because we didn't have microphones in the audience to hear yep. the questions and yep. things of that nature. But yep. Uh, you get the heart and the meat of where we're going and what we're doing at the moment. So, Well, let's jump in, and then I have some thoughts afterwards. Okay, sounds let's good. Let's do it. Well, hey, uh, yeah, Warren and I have kind of spent some time preparing just to, you know, we talked about it being a new day for First Priority in a lot of ways, just new things happening. So we wanted to kind of bring all you folks up to speed, thank you, Scott, on just some things that we've been doing and what we're thinking and what we see God showing us, and we're just going to kind of tag team what we would call a state of the union for the organization and as a whole. Um, so, yeah, we'll just jump into this. One of the things um, that we have been doing, and it's, it was great because our board challenged us to make sure we were in very specific intentional prayer about where we're going, what we're doing, being more aggressive. Uh, and intentional and focused on expanding first priority. I've been doing this a long time and you know, we had some Some board guys you met a lot of them last night. that has been around here for years and they've seen all those lean Months, you know from probably 2000 to 2007 or 8 No new first priorities popped up that still are alive today so there was like a, a, a dead experience there of seven or eight years where nothing stuck that was started so They've been a part of that and they've seen that and they really challenged Warren and I before COVID. They're like, okay, you guys, Brad, the whole team, you guys get in here and you pray and we want to plan. 
We want you to come out of here with a plan uh, of how we can be more aggressive and do that. So one of the big things we did was we evaluated with a lot of you the past, you know, what worked, what didn't work, why was there misfires, why were there failures, uh, what really was effective, that kind of thing. We spent a lot, lot of time doing that. Best practices, you know, what, what does that look like? And then, of course, how can we look at financial stability moving forward, not just for FP of America and the support center, but for you guys as well and at some point. So uh, we spent a lot of model, a lot of time doing that, and we came out with what we feel like is God's plan. Uh, it's not just endorsed by us and the board, but we feel like God's endorsed it. Uh, it was laborious. Warren came on board three years ago, and boy, did he, he challenged us a lot, you know, just because he didn't know anything you know all he knew was what he heard from brad myself and some of us and you know we would have some very tense i'll put it that way conversations you know and debates and that kind of thing about well you know why are you guys still doing that you know it didn't work or whatever so it's been very healthy for us and uh, we had a national board meeting yesterday with them and it's just exciting to see the new energy in them the new excitement and so uh, yeah I'll hand it over to Warren. He's going to share with you a little bit about the um, uh, the model and how that reflects where we're going. I was in my first board meeting in January three years ago coming up, and uh, I don't remember a lot from the first meeting. It was a little overwhelming, like many of you feel when you're first starting out, right? It's just a lot of information. But one of the things that Kerry said kind of stuck with me, and he didn't say it in any mean way, just point of fact so that if I thought we were only going to keep growing at the rate we're growing that's not real exciting to me so that stuck with me and that began the process that Mark and I went through and and it may not have ever occurred if it hadn't have been for COVID because it forced us to have extra time to deal with things that would help us uh, go forward so my sense was okay we've grown to this point um, we haven't had any successes that we can point to new ones so what do we do to change that momentum and so one of the things that i i realized quite early like many of you was that the strategy that we have cannot be touched so that was the first goal no matter what we did to try to grow we would not touch a god-given strategy and y'all must all know it's god-given and everybody last night was talking about, um, you know, the heroes in the room. But I, I look at it this way. The true heroes in our model and our strategy are the kids. They're the ones that are designed in our model and strategy to win kids to Christ. So we had to figure out what we we're going to do and how we we're going to do it. So strategy intact, 100%. We now had to start turning to scalability. And the old model was not scalable although there's successes in this room from it. Um, we've had uh, many, many more failures. It requires a certain skill set and entrepreneurial gifting to raise up something from scratch. And it's basically like starting a, a restaurant in a town full of franchises. It's very difficult to succeed. But there are those that have done it, but that wasn't gonna scale fast enough. And what was <coughs> driving all this was the fact that we have a culture that's a, a mess and it's gotten worse in the last three years since I've been here and so uh, I, I've said it many times that what we're facing today um, this whole vision 
that was birthed about first priority and the way we reach kids was meant for today. If you just think about what we do and how we do it and learning that 96% of all the kids today have a worldview, uh, the fields really are ripe for harvest. And so here we are with a strategy that the, the, the really the, the government really can't do much with it because we're fitting inside the law. And I challenge people when I'm traveling, if you're not following the Equal Access Act, you better get your act together because eventually it's going to land right at your front door and you're not going to like the results that come from that because those who are against us, uh, those who are against the gospel, those who are against Christianity, uh, they will find the holes. So do it right. So the design we came up with, many of you know it. We, we didn't know whether it would work or not. We believed it would work, but it required uh, my particular skill set to go in and steer the pot. And then working with the guys like Mike Roberts early on and Kevin Kolb, we were able to have the types of meetings with the type of passion and desire. I mean, by, by gifting, I'm an evangelist. I have always shared the gospel from the moment I got saved at 14. Um, I think it's more important than preaching. I think it's more important than pastoring. And so I should, right? It's my gifting. So we built a model that could grow and that has resulted in three markets so far. Um, you guys that are in the room that represent those new markets, um, you gotta learn from these other guys <laughs> who have paved the way because they found secrets. Uh, I, every time you know, I'm around Larry, I'm just listening because I know that uh, the things that he's done there have been of great vital interest. Shane, I just appreciate time I spent in Texas with you. I mean, the passion that people carry with this has to be multiplied faster. And so this model is proven itself out and we should launch three more by the end of the year. And look, the uniqueness of it is we do fund up front it doesn't take the funding burden responsibility off of the directors, you know, the managers. They have to still do that work. And I'll talk about that this afternoon and what that looks like to raise money. But we believe that there is no top end to what we're doing. Mark and I have to fill, and I had to fill out reports, and when we filled out, they asked for threats. The two threats that we see are the ones that we talked about in the board meeting the most yesterday, which was people. We, we, for us to grow to 100 markets, we need a minimum of three to 500 full-time staff to be able to do that. And that's just the field staff. That's not what we need to support you. And that came up in one of the uh, comments yesterday about what we're gonna do internally. And uh, you know, maybe you could discuss that a little bit, but we've got a, a chart of growth that will support everything that we're doing. And the goal we set, yeah, I mean, it's a big goal, 100 markets when took us 26 years to get to 23 and and we're looking at adding uh, an aggregate at least of 100 but I believe we can do that and I know God's going to bless our activities and I don't think about how I say things all the time so if I'm blunt at times forgive me but um, I told Al you know at the table so what are you going to do and I said well we're going to have 10,000 clubs in 100 markets I so deeply believe that I see it and I know it's trans itself and that belief to every one of us. I love Mark. I love this team because they have endured great hardship to get here, like many of you. So to have uh, the room we need, we have to all recognize that hardship was paid with a price designed specifically to allow us to grow. And all of that is uh, 
the real blessings of God. Um, this will be shorter part of this. Um, we do pray for every opportunity that God avails upon us to go out and start new markets. We're listening to you. We're, we're asking each other those questions. We're, we're following what God's doing in other parts of the country, through other ministries, through our board. Um, but the Holy Spirit is our guide in all of this. I, I think I've mentioned to a few, uh, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary last week, and we went to Texas to do that. What better place, I suppose. And um, she wanted to go to Waco, so we went. And the second I got out of the car in Waco, I felt the presence of God. And I could feel the Holy Spirit saying that you're going to come here too. And I don't know what that means and when it happens, but it's so strong to me now. And I'm asking you to be praying for us as a team, as an organization, as a group of believers that we open up where God wants us to open up and we grow in those areas as fast as we can grow because the expense that it's costing us is lost souls. The faster we grow, the more kids come to know Jesus. So to, to segue off of that, one of the other things that we're doing is really making sure we stay focused on you guys that are under the old model, continuing to support you and continuing to how can we improve and help you to the point that uh, Warren mentioned people. Uh, we're looking to fill some staff positions right now at the national office and one specifically would be that role to come in and work with some of you folks that have been doing this for a long time and be a part of that. So I've had a lot of conversations with many of you in this room, but uh, we're, I'm serious, we're gonna need bodies. Uh, we, we see it, we know the Lord's taking us a place that we're gonna need. So I need a lot of you folks to be praying and thinking about succession planning and things like that. What's God calling you to do? Where's he leading you? That kind of thing. We obviously profile. We, uh, Leon's not in here, but we've created some personality profiles and we can get we can get a good picture of who you are and what seat on the bus you could sit in and how you could help us at the, the National Support Center level. So you need to hear that we're also thinking that we're also looking at that. And so I would encourage you if you got folks down in your networks, you know, I was challenging some guys are like, well, you know, uh, I don't know if I really have anybody that could be a director. Well, maybe it's that pastor that's kind of just loves first priority and he's just tired of the local church scene and could step out in into that role these new districts we took a lot of applications and we had folks that were willing to move i mean you know we had a couple of people apply for jobs that said hey i'll move to another state to do this i love what you guys are doing kind of thing so we're getting a little um, hopper or a pipeline or a bench if you will started but we need to keep that that bench needs to be full because what happens if all of a sudden we, some organization or foundation comes to us and says, hey, we're gonna give you X and we want you to start five new places this next year. You do a director and two area coordinators year one, you can do the simple math. We need bodies. So be praying about that, be thinking about that, but also know, I know some of you have had interest in this new model even coming under it at some point. That is an option that we is on the table. I think we, we feel like we need to get our little deeper out in the water with this first, you know, get three, four, five, six, maybe 10 places up and running, get some success and execute in Fort Worth, execute in Tennessee one, execute in Kansas City. 
then at that point, you know, maybe we can look at that. And I will say this to be praying because, and Warren may talk about this, folks are, um, they're looking at us. I'm talking about people that have significant resources, people that have significant influence across the country. They're looking at us and they're saying, man, I love what you guys do. You keep doing this and I, we're going to help you. So uh, uh, I would encourage you to keep praying, keep seeking the Lord. And I know you're in here because you're called to do this, but we're going to need a lot of called people. So have all of you seen the uh, document that we created this year called the proven process? Brad, are, are we able to put that on the overhead by chance? If it's too, if it's too hard to do, don't worry about it. But now I know that. Yeah. Hey, we need more now, people like Brad. But now you know what we have to deal with. <laughs> we sure do. Uh, we, we developed this process at our annual EOS planning, and it really fell together nicely. And while Brad's working on that, I'm going to tell you about the first part. So when we go into a new market, and for those of you in existing markets who are thinking about expanding into other areas, this is all very applicable. So the first thing you want to do is identify influencers. And some of this will come back up later today when I talk about fundraising, too. But the influencers are those individuals who know their area, passionate about it, passionate about what we are passionate about. There's influencers for everything. That's the big term, right? They're influencing dresses and shoes and so forth. Well, you know, we're trying to find people influence uh, the kingdom of God through their resources, through their contacts. And it's up there now. Good. No, it's not. There it is. Can you enlarge it? There you go. Good. So you see what we tried to do was to simplify this so that if you're talking, say, to a potential donor or a board member and they're asking you, what do we do? There we go. Is finding the key influencers and it kind of lists some of those uh, what those people look like. And by the way, I don't care if you've been doing this for 25 years or you just started. These people still exist. Okay, there are people that, that are in towns, moving to towns. When I was in Cincinnati, uh, Justin and I went to a Rotary meeting, and there was a group there that was speaking over Zoom because he had just had COVID. And they talked about how Cincinnati has changed in the last 20 years. It used to be the armpit of Ohio, and uh, I think that's what he said or something like that. And so we know that there's people who will identify what we do. We have to go find them. All right, and then comes the fun part, right? Raising all the money. That's the part everybody loves or dreads. For me, I've been doing this a long time. I kind of like the process. It's a chance to get people involved at a higher level. And, um, and then it attracts people who are like-minded, who have even better skill sets to raise more money. And then we hire once we're funded, and then we go right into building the essential networks. That's the first thing you do in the new market. We try to emphasize that over and over again with our new staff. Get out there and do it, and don't worry about clubs. They'll come. And in some cases, um, not to circumvent the effort, but if I don't know influencers, when I go into a town, Jeff and I did this. Where's Jeff? Jeff's over here. Jeff told me when we went, he said, I haven't been here in Springfield too long. 
I don't know anybody that is like a key influencer. And I told Jeff, follow the spiral. So you just kind of know who you know and then keep moving up and who do they know. And finally you're sitting in front of somebody who's got the wealth, the ability, the desire to help you. And then of course you know the rest of the plan. But if you'll use this with your people who are gonna help you get where you need to go, you'll find that it guides your conversation and allows them to see that this isn't just something we're doing on a whim. This is architecturally sound to see kids come to Christ. Um, all right, so we set a goal of three to five districts. Um, it, it, it was heavy lifting, <laughs> quite frankly, to go into markets and try to find um, people who were one, not tainted by the past, all right? Uh, but we've turned some of those people around too because we got a good plan. Um, what I love about some of the things that Shane, Larry, and some of the guys have shared, if you'll think about it, and I took pictures when Mark and I were out in Odessa with Shane at uh, Bowie Middle, right? And it impressed upon me of what it could look like. I'm a visionary individual. I, I, I tend to see things in the future. I, I tend to, I can see a room full of people. Like I see this room being so crowded that this hotel can never accommodate us with just people like you. Hundreds and hundreds of people showing up who are so passionate, like you guys are passionate, to reach these kids for the kingdom of God. So. Three to five markets is a, is a tough goal. Uh, three is probably more uh, uh, accommodating today. Mark's right. There are people coming. He'll, he'll remember me talking about this. I said, first the checks will come in four digits, then five and six, and eventually they'll come in eight, nine, and ten. That was prophetic insight for me because I didn't know how to do it. I just knew it would happen. And now we're on the, the cusp of that taking place, and we will see that take place in the manner by which that will absolutely amaze us because it's the hand of God and it's his power and his grace that's going to allow that to happen. But I do not overlook the hard work that goes into it. So what's the outcome? Well, you just add three to five, three to five, 10, 15 resources, people that will work on that constantly and we'll be able to act when someone says, go open five, go open up 10. And then somebody's finally going to say, well, what would it take to be in every school in America? because what y'all are doing feeds all the other youth ministries. It changes the climate in the schools and the cities. Uh, I talk about Larry a lot because I've spent enough time with him. When you say to someone, every school in our area has a first priority club. Every church in our community is involved in helping and support. And let me tell you what's happened as a result of that, the changed lives that have taken place when the county commissioners and the boards of responsible uh, political parties that get involved just because they see the outcome, they only have to be Christian. How many of y'all have non-Christians working with you in some capacity, right? It, it, that's the outcome of doing good. And we know the eternal rewards of that. So we're going to keep pressing on this. Uh, it has me traveling a lot. If you happen to think about me, pray about for me. <laughs> it, traveling really wears me out uh, much more than it did 20 years ago. Um, I don't like being away from my wife. I don't like being away from my grandkids. But this is a much bigger calling and requires that, just like it requires you to sacrifice 
everybody in Nashville is sacrificing too, but I tend to think of it more about investing in the things of God. So perspective on a couple of things. We're, I'm a part of a thing called Campus Alliance. You've probably seen that. It's Chuck Klein who worked at Crew, and it's representative of FCA, Youth for Christ, other smaller organizations that are doing campus ministry things, and they have a thing once a year where we all kind of get together and share data. And so Chuck's an awesome guy, but he tracks, um, they track everything. So perspective. Collectively, the last time I got the number, FCA, First Priority, Young Life, Everybody, we were in about 16,000 schools in America out of 41 public middle and high schools, give or take. And you think about that, that's, for some of those ministries, that's 50, 60 years of, of doing campus ministry. So we set a goal, really, initially on the front end, that we'd like to be, we would, first priority personally, would like to be in 10,000, because we think that's 25%, that's a significant potential tipping point, because you get to that number, you know, then you start to see, you know, permeation in places you know now you got 10 districts or you got 15 or you got 20 and you guys know how this works kids see a first priority shirt at a volleyball game and they go what is that you know and well it's a christian club at my school that i'm a part of well how can i get one at my school so uh, my the years i did this locally i mean it's it was organic growth you know i mean i started 10 schools in one county and from there it was just can we keep up you know they're calling you guys know how that works so there's going to come a time when we're going to hit that. We feel like, you know, that it's they're going to places are going to be calling us and saying, "Hey, we need this over here. I'm, we're going to do this." So, I would I would ask you guys to keep praying for us to keep uh, let's keep this family atmosphere and spirit. Uh, uh, we we if you look at our language and you look in our budget line item, we call ourselves the National Support Center. We, our goal, and we're going to, as long as I'm a part of this, we will never become top down. We will always be bottom up supporting you guys. So you need to feel very comfortable in calling us and challenging us or when you need help and things like that. And like I said, we're going to really get intentional about some roles at the national office that can be uh, doing that a lot more often. Well, Steve, that was... Uh informational, inspiring, encouraging, all of the above. You said you had some thoughts before we jumped in to their talk. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I did. I, one of the thoughts was there's probably some folks out there that now they've gotten uh, some direction on the difference between districts and chapters yep. and what First Party America is focusing on. They probably have some questions, Yeah. yeah. right? Like we did in the audience that day. Yeah, and that's so very true. For those who listen to the podcast and you didn't get a chance to hear it live, or maybe you did and you're a processor, yep. right? You're not a think yeah. out louder like mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. You're a, hey, let me come back to you after I've thought about that for a while. Mm -hmm. So if you're a processor and you've got some more thoughts, I want to encourage you that either in the feed of the podcast mm -hmm. or in an email or in a text, I want to encourage you to reach out to Brad or myself or even Mark or Warren and just really... Yeah. Hey, what did you mean by this? What what clarity can I bring to this? Because it really did set up the next year before we're together again. That's good. Yeah. How do they want us to reach out via email? Yeah, Steve, at, Steve at FP of America or Brad at FP of America are the two that you can send it to. But even yep. just reaching out, I'm sure a lot of them have phone numbers or DMs or ways to get a hold of us. That's right. That's right. Um, 
yeah, love fielding the questions that come in um, around there because yeah, obviously this all of these conversations create uh, questions and comments and hey, let's let's talk about that a little bit more moment. So yeah, it's always good to get that and would encourage you to do so. Yeah, and to be genuine, because you're first party family, if you're listening to this, not every comment that came from the conference was happy and mm -hmm. this is right. And Especially there were a lot Steve. of, well, there were a lot of good, hey, have you considered questions? And mm -hmm. we want to be able to invite those in. Yep. Um, that's right. We are an organization that's bottom up, not top down. Yep. And the best ideas come from our local districts and chapters. Mm -hmm. And so the yep. idea of you speaking up is a big deal. So. If it's that old classroom adage, you know, mm -hmm. if you feel like you're raising your hand in a time when you're supposed to raise your hand, yep. but you're not sure you should, yep. you probably should because somebody else has got the same question. Well, and, and I'll add too that given our email addresses, you've probably guessed that Mark, if you want to reach out directly to him, is mark at fpofamerica.com, but Warren is Warren R at fpofamerica.com. He added the R to the end, Robold, so W-A-R-R-E-N-R at fpofamerica.com. He was worried about a run on Warren's being um, being hired here at FPOA? I don't try to answer <laughs> questions. I just uh, stay in my lane. That's awesome. Right? The only, uh, the only other takeaway that I took from this that I wanted to mention was I did appreciate the districts and chapters discussion and really getting it out there. I'm a yeah. chapter, right? Yeah. First Party in Nashville is a chapter. Yep. How many years? Eight years? I don't know. Eight years that I have been around. It was a cold day, yeah, January stop. 2008. Right. And then, and then, dear God. Um, and then there's these districts, right? Yep. Three that are currently in going and mm -hmm. three to four that are in the mix, mm -hmm. depending on what happens. Yep. So just having the discussion about how FPOA is supporting both along the way and how yep. we're learning in both, because I'm involved in both, as That's you right. are too, mm -hmm. um, was really good. That was super helpful. Yep. Well, and it's it's fun too. You serve both. You lead the chapter. You serve districts as a regional manager. Um, and yeah, to me, it was interesting too, as we talked about some of the positions and the accountability charts and things of that nature uh, that we've had a couple weeks ago uh, on the on the show. But then now also again talking about that again, hiring chapter consultants and expansion directors and some of those things. It's fun to see who says, "Hey, I'd be interested in doing that. That's my sweet spot." So it's always fun to see where God guides and provides That's some good. of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, cool, Jericho. That's another good podcast. It's a great week to be doing First Priority, taking the hope of Christ to every student. I like it. Me too. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And until next week, we'll talk to you again. See ya.